Yeah, it's so good to see your uh, beautiful and handsome faces in the house this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for uh, uh, for Pastor Deja. Thank you so much for leading us in Holy Communion. That was powerful. Amen. And for bringing that enlighten, enlightenment to tell us what it is that we are doing when we are partaking Holy uh, Holy Communion. Amen. Because you see, the rest, I always say it's the truth that you don't know. It's the truth that cannot uh, tra- tra- translate to revelation. And the revelation you don't have, it means that you are living in, in bondage. Amen. But when you, are, when you get revelation, it, it propels you to a place of freedom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just turn to your neighbor and say hi. Hallelujah. Hi. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell them you did well to come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm excited uh, this morning. Amen. Uh, we, we have in our midst, uh, Gogora, amen. This is the first Sunday attending with us. Uh, let's give a, a warm welcome. Hallelujah. Amen. We praise the Lord. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. We, we, we thank the Lord. It's good to have all your mothers in the house. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Welcome you, Mama Skada. Uh, did you welcome you? Amen. amen. Uh, it's also good. I see there, uh, Gogo and Sekuru Jangani. They are in the house with us. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Amen. All the time he is wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, this morning I'm going to, um, we're going to be looking at one of our very core values for us as a ministry, uh, which is the, the core value of evangelism. Amen. As a church, what is this month about? Evangelism. Amen. So this morning, we are going to be looking at evangelism. We're going to look at what it is all about. Amen. Uh, I'm going to be uh, preaching from a scripture that I touched on a few weeks ago uh, to some of you that were at uh, prayer uh, on on our worship and uh, prayer night. Uh, I talked about this scripture. I touched on it a little bit uh, in the book of uh, John chapter 4. Amen. Uh, it's good. Last week I was preaching from John chapter chapter 2. This, today I'm preaching from John chapter 4. Amen. Amen. Ah, the book of John is a wonderful book. Amen. Amen. Uh, if I remember uh, correctly, last week I said John, uh, he had, uh, the reason why he was writing the book was so that he could bring us to a place of belief. And we saw how he turned water into wine. Hallelujah. And we said all circumstances and situations are turning around for your good. Hallelujah. We said God is turning and reversing every situation where there was no more wine. God is restoring joy. Hallelujah. We said he is restoring the peace that you need. He's putting you on course uh, with your destiny. Putting you where you are supposed to be. Amen. In the place of blessing. There's a blessing that is allotted for you. There's a blessing that is set apart for you. Amen. Amen. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about evangelism. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, what is evangelism? What is evangelism? Uh, I was looking at the definition in the dictionary. And one of the definitions that I saw said evangelism is when you propagate the gospel. It's when you preach the good news to somebody that doesn't know the good news or the gospel. Amen. That's what uh, evangelism is all about. It's about sharing the glad tidings, the good news. Amen. Amen. 
when you have received something and it is good, then you begin to share it with somebody else. Hallelujah. The gospel that we believe in, it is good news. It is the gospel of salvation. Hallelujah. It is the gospel of joy. Hallelujah. It is, the, it is good news. It talks about freedom. It talks about us coming and crossing over from death to life. It is the good news. Hallelujah. We have every reason to share it with somebody else because it is wonderful. It is good news. Hallelujah. So this morning we are going to read from the book of John, uh, chapter 4. If we can uh, stand up for the reading of the word this morning. Amen. I'm going to read from the book of John chapter 4. I'm going to start off from verse 1. Amen. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, uh, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Amen. Say he needed to go through Samaria. Come on, be lively. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm more awake than you all. Hallelujah. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, and near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Say, Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well was there. Hallelujah. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it? That you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered to her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, uh, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Say, Living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Let's pray for the word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you accomplish all that you desire to accomplish through your word this morning. Father, we pray that Lord give us the ability and the capacity to comprehend your word fully. Father, we pray enlarge our territory, enlarge our, our, our sphere of influence even today, Father. Enlarge our capacity to receive, Father, that, Lord, we might partake of everything that you have in store for us this morning. And the church of God said, Amen. Amen. We can take our seats in the sanctuary. 
God's word is good. Amen. Amen. So what was the original intent of God in regards to evangelism? We see that Jesus here is on a, uh, on a journey, and he, he was with his disciples, and he said, I need to go through Samaria. There is a purpose and there is a reason why I have to go through Samaria. Amen. Amen. There is a woman over there that I have a date with. Hallelujah. When you came to the house of the Lord this morning, the Lord was saying, I have a date with you this morning. He has a date with you because he has a word that will change your life. He has a word that will change your destiny. The direction of where you are going will change when you have an encounter with Jesus. So he says to his disciples, I need to go through Samaria. Hallelujah. When it comes to you, Jesus will go out of his way because he has a destiny. He has a destiny for your life. He will go out of his way to come and change and transform your life. We are told in the word of God that God was, Jesus was the son of God, but did not think it robbery to be made equal to God, but he humbled himself, hallelujah, and he became a man, a mere man like you and I, and he walked the face of the earth because he knew that he would find you by the well. Jesus said, I have to go down on earth. I have to go down and preach salvation to them, hallelujah. Uh, I just thought of a story this morning of a, of a father that didn't believe in Christmas. So one day it was on Christmas Eve, and he and his son were in the house. They were putting uh, uh, firewood in the fireplace. They were getting ready uh, for, 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 for dinner. Then the father, the father was talking to the son, and, and, and the son said to the father, Father, do you believe in Christmas? Uh, then he said, no, I don't really believe in Christmas. Hallelujah. Then as he was talking to the son, they looked down outside the window. Then they saw a bed that had fallen to the ground. And it was cold and it was snowing on that, on that, on that evening. Then the father said to the son, what, shall we, what, what are we going to do? Should we just leave the bed out there? Then the father said, no, let's go and, 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 and try to, uh, to direct the, the bed to come into the house where there is warmth. Right? Then they went there. But as they were getting near and closer to the bed, the bed was afraid. The bed began to run away. Then the, 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 the son said to the father, I wish I was a bed. Then I could go and tell this bed to come into the house where there is warmth. Hallelujah. Immediately that father, the story of Jesus resonated to this father. That there was a son of God who said, I am going to become like man so that I can go and tell them and direct them to come into the house. Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many houses. If it was not so, I would not have told you so. I go to prepare a what? A place for you. He became men like you and I so that you could direct us accordingly. Hallelujah. The word of God says he is a high priest that is not untried or untested by the infirmities of the things that we go through. But he was tried in all counts and yet found faithful. Hallelujah. He was all doing it for you and I to show us the way how we are supposed to do things. How we are supposed to evangelize, hallelujah. How we are supposed to go out of our way for somebody else so that they could come into the knowledge of the salvation, of the goodness of God, of the grace of God, of the mercies of God, hallelujah. The, the, the son said, I wish I can become like a bird so I can go and direct this bird to come where there is warmth, hallelujah. Don't just enjoy the green pastures by yourself. Don't just, don't just enjoy the table by yourself. How don't be selfish with the gospel. 
Go and share the good news with somebody else and say, come and test what I have tested. Come and receive what I have received. Jesus says, I need be that I go through Samaria. Imagine Jesus could have said, you know what? To hell with them. Let them perish. But he said, no, no, Father. Let me. The Father had said, you know what? I've sent prophets. And they have come and they've pre preached the word. But they've stoned them to death. I've sent messengers. I've done exploits. When people wake up in the morning, they walk outside, they see the blue sky. They see the clouds in the sky. They see the trees and all creation. The word of God says in the book of Romans, chapter 1, that all creation testifies of the goodness of God. God could have said, I've given them enough evidence of my goodness, that I am an all-powerful God. When they wake up and they've breath in their nostrils, their hearts are beating. It is a sign that I am in control. That should be enough to minister to them that there is a, a, a divine being in the heavens. But, the, but all of us, many times, those signs would come, but we would ignore them. Many times, those, si those signs would come and would brush them aside. Then Jesus said, you know what? It needs be that I go through Samaria. It needs be that I go down on earth. It needs be that I put on the nature of the seed of Abraham so that I go show them the way. He came to show us the way. He came to show you the way. He came to die so that you and I can live and, be, uh, and live in, in, in his grace and in his salvation. Amen. Amen. That was the intent of God. From the moment that man fell, we see God reconciling man to himself. He came in the cool of the garden and he finds people are hiding. And he says, kill an animal. They slaughter an animal. They cover the nakedness of, Jesus, of, 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 of Adam and Eve. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth for our nakedness so that we can be reconciled to him. Hallelujah. He needs to go through Samaria. Hallelujah. And this morning the Lord is saying, I need to go through Rise Fellowship. Hallelujah. Because there is somebody's life that I've got to change. God from the beginning begins to try to reconcile men to himself. We see him now saying, you know what? What am I going to do? I need there to be a sign upon the face of the earth that shows my goodness. So what does he do? He calls the nation of Israel. And he says, now I'm going to call a nation of Israel. I'm going to give them my precepts. I'm going to give them my law. Now, when they have obeyed my law, and the nations around the world, they're going to see Israel and marvel and say, you know what? Let the God of Israel be worshipped. I'm going to, to, to show my glory to one nation that will show the pattern. Hallelujah. But the children of Israel abdicated that, the, what God was trying to do. Right? The, the, God was trying to show kindness to them, but they were kept on falling short. Amen. He was trying to make them evangelists. The blessing was meant that they could be an evangelistic nation upon the face of the earth. He says, this nation, I'm going to make them a nation of priests. Right? That's, that was the intent of God. Many times we think, oh, why did God choose Israel? That's why he chose Israel. So that Israel, when people see Israel worshiping God, and they see the goodness of God, people will say, you know what, let's rally to the God of the children of Israel. Amen. He is the true and the living God. Remember that time when, when the children of Israel were about to go into Canaan? The word of God says, and the people of Canaan, they were trembling in fear. Right? And there was a woman in that city of Jericho. 
Hallelujah. Her name was called Rahab. She was a prostitute. You remember it? She says, we, this nation, this city is full of fear. They have heard the reports about Israel. Right? But she says, you know what? I'm not going to stay in this nation, but I'm going to align myself to the nation of Israel. This was a witness to Rahab. She says, your God shall be my, my God. Even though she was a prostitute, but when you look at the lineage of Jesus, you see there's a name written there, Rahab, who was once a prostitute. It's written. Look at Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew, it tells you, Rahab, who was once a harlot, it tells you so. Right? She was ministered to by the nation of Israel. How God was doing exploits with this nation. That was the pattern and the intent of God concerning evangelism. Now in these last days, what is he doing? He is going through Samaria. Hallelujah. He is going through the church. We are now the ones that he has called to show forth the pattern of the goodness of the Lord. He goes and he finds a woman. He goes and he sits at the well. I said uh, a few weeks ago that the well was a place where people would come and congregate. The well was a place where uh, there was a lot of activity in the city the, that people would come to the well to drink water. Amen. And Jesus positioned himself strategically. He knew there's going to be activity by the well. Amen. So if we are going to be evangelistic, we have to position ourselves strategically. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. You have to position yourself strategically. You have to put yourself in a position that allows you to reach out to the world. Church is not only the, the vessel of evangelism. Let me tell you the intent of the church. Right? When you come to the church, the role of the church is to equip you to send you to the world. Amen. Yeah. Is to equip you. When you come here, this is not the place for evangelism. Yeah. I'm just talking about and teaching on evangelism because we are laying the foundation of this ministry, right? Yeah. But this place is the place for equipping where you come and you are equipped to go and be effective at your well. Yeah. At the place of activity. Yeah. The place of activity was the well. Jesus positioned himself strategically. He was laying a, tap, a, a trap by the well. Hallelujah. You have to know how to lay traps as a child of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, we are in the business of laying traps to bring people into the goodness of God, into the kingdom of God. You have to lay traps by the well. Jesus said by the well where there was activity. The job that God has given you. Hallelujah. It is a well. That's where people are. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, that school, that class that you attend, those people you are going to attend the class with this semester, they have been placed there strategically for you to reach out to them. Hallelujah. When they see the goodness of the Lord in your life, they have to say, what is it about you? They said, what is it about this nation? What is it that's so special about the nation of Israel? But God says, I've intended for them to be an evangelistic nation, to show the nations of the world the goodness of God. So Jesus says, now, now, now this has failed, but now I'm going down on earth. And he says, I need to go through Samaria. Then he gets to Samaria. He gets there. There is a well. Hallelujah. There is a well. 
That's where people would go to get light. Yes, your workplace. That's the place where people go to get light. But the kind of joy that they are seeking, you have the antidote, you have the answer to what they are looking for. People are looking for life. People are looking for hope. People are looking for encouragement out there. There are many people on, on antidepressants tablets that need somebody to tell them, your joy is not in tablets, your joy is in knowing God. Somebody's waiting by the well. He's looking for life. They are looking for hope. They are looking for somebody that would come and say, you know what? What you are taking, today you will take it, tomorrow you will be back. Today you will drink this, tomorrow you will be back. But I've come with the true answer. I've come with the true solution. Jesus gets to the well and the woman of Samaria comes by. She's there to get some water. She's get there to get light. She's there to get encouragement. She's there to get some rejuvenation. She is there to get hope. She gets to the well and she finds a man that says, can you give me what you are, can you give me some water? Jesus starts a conversation. Hallelujah. If we are going to win the world to Christ, we have to strike a conversation with the world. You have to start a conversation. You have to talk with somebody. They are not just going to know the goodness of God just just by themselves, we are the vessels that God has called in these last days to bring that message of hope. Amen. Yeah, there are times that people see the, 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 the joy on our lives, but they're just thinking, oh, you know what? Ah, this person is always happy. They, are always, they always have joy. They are always smiling. They are always happy. But then if you don't go and sell and give them the reason or tell them why you are happy, you are defeating the purpose. Jesus got to the well and says, woman, could, can you give me water to drink? And he says, uh, she, and, 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 and then the, the woman says, if you, it, uh, he says, uh, sorry, um, chapter 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, uh, sorry, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. So we see Jesus breaking the status quo of the day. There were people that Jews interacted with. There were people that Samaritans interacted with. But Jesus now has, has gone out of his way for a people that Jews don't even talk to. There are people that you don't even have in the zip code to think that they will ever come to know God. Unless you go out of your way and make it uh, something that you do deliberately to reach them. We see Jesus makes a deliberate attempt to reach this woman. They were not talking, the Jews and the Samaritans. Right? The Jews did not consider the Samaritans as true uh, Israelites because they were involved in intermarriage. Right? But then Jesus comes and says, you know what? If you knew who you were talking to. Now, when you go to talk to the world, they are going to try and counteract your argument or your conversation with them by reasoning. They are going to give you different reasons why they should not believe. They are going to give, me, give you different, different excuses for not worshiping God. But Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, hallelujah, and who it is 
who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now that, that the conversation changes, now she, her interest is intrigued. What is he talking about? Where is he going? How is he going to get water? He doesn't have anything to get the water with. How is he going to do it? Hallelujah. When you share your life, people are going to be intrigued to try and figure out how you are doing it. That's when it's going to open an opportunity for you to share Christ. Hallelujah. The place that God has given you everywhere where you are, God has put you there for a reason, to reach out to the world. Amen. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Now, one other thing about this woman. When you, she was very religious, but she did not have the knowledge of God. She was re religious. Probably in our modern day, she's somebody that goes to church on a daily basis, but there's no relationship with God. She's somebody that knows the lingua and the language of church. Amen. When you begin to talk to them about Christ, they know the jargon. They know the words to use. But they are hiding from the reality. She begins to say, are you greater than our father, Jacob? Hallelujah. Are you greater than our father, Jacob? She was full of religion, but did not have God in her life. She was full of talk, but did not have the demonstration in her life. She was full of conversations, but she didn't have the reality of who God is in her life. Are you greater than our father, Jacob? There are so many things in the world that the world would try and say, this is better than serving God when you go out to minister. But you have to be ready to defend the gospel in season and out of season. As a child of God, you have to study to show yourself approved so that when you are having a conversation with the world, you know what you believe. Yeah, when they are teaching people to recognize counterfeit money, they give them the real money. Then they, they, they touch the real money until they are familiar with it. Until they are familiar with the print that is upon the, 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 the face of the bill. Then when they hold counterfeit, they are able to recognize it immediately. Yeah. We have so many in this nation, 95% of this country, they say they are Christians. And only 4% are real Christians. So you have to be able to recognize the real Christians and recognize your opportunity to preach Christ. Amen. She had a form of godliness but did not have the power there. But God is looking in these days not for church goers. No, he's looking for a people that has a relationship with him. He's looking for people that know him. He's looking for people that love him. He's looking for people that worship him in truth and in spirit. Amen. This woman did not have a relationship, but she held on to religion. She holds on to religion. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Then Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Now, Jesus was very confident of what he had to offer. One of the reasons why we don't evangelize is because we are not confident of what we have to offer. We don't know what we have in our hands. It is the good news 
the gospel of salvation. It is the power that brings the people, the people from, 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 from death to life. It is life. The word of God says the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing, but to them that are crossing over from death to life. It is the life of God. It is the hope. Hallelujah. It is the life of God. It is the life of God. Do you know what you have to offer? Hallelujah. If you knew what you have to offer, you would stand on the house to, on the housetop and head out to the world that come and see what the Lord has done for me. You would stand on the on the housetop and say, Yeah, I am. Come see the God that I serve. It doesn't matter what you are going through. The God that I serve is mighty. The God that I believe is a great God. Jesus knew what he had to offer. He said, you have, you have settled for something that's a counterfeit. But I've got, I've brought the real deal. You have to be able to say, I have the real deal. I have what you need. I have what you have been searching for. I have life in my loins. I have the word of God. I have the true word of God. The life-changing word. The healing word. The delivering word. Get to your will and arouse the goodness of God. Get to your will and say, here I am. I've got the good news. Jesus says, Jesus says in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, hallelujah, if you knew the gift of God, this woman was facing the gift of God, but she didn't realize it. She needed somebody that had some, some revelation that she didn't have. Jesus knew who he was. He did not doubt who he was. He was the life giver. Therefore, he gets there and he says, if you knew <laughs> the gift of God, if you knew who you are talking to, you would ask him to give you life. You have life as a child of God. You have the power to speak to dry bones and they live again. Hallelujah. I used to work with this lady one time when I, was, when I used to work for City Group. And this woman, uh, she, had, she, had, she, had, uh, she was, I think, in, in her late 30s. And one time I was talking to her. And she says to me, have you, uh, I have a picture of our baby. Then as I was talking to her, she gets a picture. And she shows me the picture. On the picture, there is a dog. And she says, this is our baby. Then I began to talk to her. Then the moment as I conversated with her, she begins to tell me, oh, how wonderful this dog is. But as I was talking to her, I realized that she was trying to hide the pain of having failed to have a real baby. She was telling me, oh, we are okay with this baby. We could never handle a real child or the responsibility. But behind it, I began to discern that there was pain that was crying out for real water. This woman had come to the well seeking for water. And she says to Jesus, are you greater than our father? Then as I began to talk to her, I said to her, by this time next year, you are going to have a baby. And I said, now I began to come to work and I would, I would, I would tell her, have you ever read about Sarah? Then I was beginning to build an atmosphere of expectancy in her life. 
And I'll tell you, have you ever heard about Sarai? How she was old. And in her old age, she gave birth to a son. And they called that son Isaac, which means laughter. She got laughter in the place of her pain. I say to her, by this time next year, you are going to have a baby in your hands. You are going to be called a mother by this time next year. Then all of a sudden, that resentment that she had for a child, she had turned around. You see, when the world, when the world fails to get what it wants to get, they begin to settle for counterfeit, and they begin to despise that which is allotted for them. Yeah, because they are in pain. They begin to tell you, ah, it's okay. It's okay. All things are fine. Hallelujah. Yeah, you begin to hear them uh, talking about how, how ridiculous it is to be, to, be, to be in marriage and submissive to your husband, but they are hiding from the true pain. And they are, instead of believing in God, they are hiding from what God wants to do in their life. But I've come to tell you, you have the answer. You have the well in you. Hallelujah. You have the key to what God wants to do in someone's life. By the time next year, that woman came, hallelujah, and she said, Pastor Vito, I am pregnant, hallelujah. Right now, she is a child because God is able. But you have to recognize your area of opportunity. I realized that I did not just have a job where I work, but also on top of that job, I realized that God had positioned me by a well, the place of transactions, the place where uh, things are happening, where you are, it might be your school, it is your well, your classmates, they are looking for somebody that will minister Christ to them, your workmates, they need somebody that will talk about the goodness of God, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled when they tell you, oh, we're at the nightclub. Everything is going well with me. No, no, no. That's just a, that's, 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 that's just a, a, a facade. Yes. That's the word right there. It's a facade. They are hiding from the reality that they need the true joy. Yeah. That they need the true hope of life. That they need a reason to exist. Yeah. Because when you don't know why you are on this earth, you live however. Yeah, they tell you, I don't care about my life. That's just a, that they're just hiding from the reality of things because they are, they are, they are not confident. They are not sure that they will attain whatever. They, you, you hear people, I'm, I, I'm, I'm afraid of being hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of hoping again. But instead of putting themselves to that place of hope, they have, they have at times trusted in things that did not result in them being, their joy being fulfilled. Now they are hiding even from the truth. But as a child of God, you have the anointing and the power, hallelujah, to peel down all those layers until you get to the very core of the issue and say, there is the real issue. There is the problem. There is the situation. There is the circumstance. Jesus said to her, go and get me your husband, hallelujah. Because he said, I, I've dealt with the, with, the, with, the, with the extent of things. I've dealt with all these cosmetics, but I'm tired of talking about the cosmetics about Jacob, about what, and so the Jews and the Samaritans not being in fellowship. Let's get to the real issue. Hallelujah. She be, Jesus begins to move now according to the spirit of discernment and discerns that there is something about this woman that is amiss. Therefore, he says to her, go get your husband. Then the woman says, now he must be a prophet. 
Then the woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. Then Jesus answered and says, you have spoken well. Yeah, you have had five husbands and the one that you have, which is the sixth, is not your husband. Yeah. The one that the sixth one is not your husband. You are living in with him, but he's not married to, to you. You must be a prophet. You must be a prophet. Then the woman now, her interest. You see, if we go in our flesh to win the world, if we try to win this world on the, on the basis of arguments, you will not win it. Yeah. You have to bring the power with you. Yeah, you have to bring the demonstration of the glory of God with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's a friend of mine that I used to work with. Yeah, he would, he would tell me, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't believe in God. One day he came not feeling well. I said, thank you, Jesus, for this is my wealth. Hallelujah. Then I began, I told him, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And immediately he was healed. Hallelujah. The Lord healed. One time I was talking and I was having a conversation and we were talking about speaking in tongues. Then someone says to me, I, I, don't, I don't really care about the tongues. I don't really care about what they are all about. I don't believe in those things. But uh, then I defend, I said, no, that's fine. Uh, sometimes it's Paul says, Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, do not be involved in, in, in arguments that, lead to, that, that don't lead to anything. So he did not, I did not argue with him. Then one day, I got the opportunity to preach and talk about the Holy Spirit, and I knew that person was there. After I preached and teached about the Holy Spirit, it was time now to release the Spirit of God. The first person I went to was that person. that I knew they resented it. And I got there, I laid my hands on them. Immediately, they began, they began to speak in tongues. After the service, they came and said, Pastor, I was very skeptical. But today, something happened to me. There are times you've got to argue with the power of God. There are times you have to go beyond words. Hallelujah. And bring the demonstration of the power. Jesus did not continue arguing. He says, go get me your husband. And Jesus says, now, you have had five husbands. The one that's at your house is not your husband. Because I know I'm supposed to be the one that will be the sixth. Jesus was the representation of grace. Now, when God deals with people from the beginning of the world, he deals them with what I call, there's what we call dispensation. When men began to speak, to live in the garden of, of Eden, they lived initially in what is called the, the dispensation of innocence. They were all innocent. Hallelujah. Then from there, they transitioned. They went into the, uh, into, into, the, into, the, uh, into the dispensation of human will, into the dispensation of the law, into the, into, into the dispensation of promise. When God gave the promise to Abraham that he was going to bless the nations of the world through his seed, the dispensation of the, of, of, of the promise. Now, there were five dispensations that had gone prior to Christ's coming. Now, Jesus was bringing the sixth dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace. So, he was bringing grace to this woman. Hallelujah. He said, when all has failed, I'm bringing grace to the church. I'm going to bring grace to the church because the church is the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. This woman was sitting by the well, but Jesus was molding his church. He was bringing his church into being. Hallelujah. So we see the sixth dispensation now being released. Hallelujah. 
this woman, the word of God says she got there and she left the pot that she had brought to carry water with. She ran into the city. Hallelujah. She left the things that were counterfeit. When you meet, when you meet true salvation, you will leave your yesterday behind. Yeah, there are some things that you have got to shed off. You can't continue carrying the baggage that you had yesterday into your future. Because the moment you do that, you are giving the devil legal right over your life. It's not that God doesn't want you to be happy. But the, the enemy, the only way he functions in our life is with his legal ground. That's why Jesus Christ, the word of God says, he was saying uh, to, to, to his disciples, he was praying to God. And he says, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing of me. He has no legal right in my life. He has no claim in me. Yeah, there are times when you are a child of God, we, we talk about that as a child of God, you are not possessed of the devil, right? Because the spirit of God is in you. But you can be oppressed because you are holding on to something that's of the devil. Yeah. As long as the devil knows you have something of his, he has a right to come and say, but that is mine that is in there. Yeah. But that behavior is of me. Yeah. But that character is of me. Right. Yeah. yeah. But this woman, when she heard the gospel, hallelujah, her life was transformed. She left the pot that she had brought because she had gotten the real deal. Why do you want the, the, the vomit when you have got the real deal? Why do you want the reject when you have the real deal? Jesus had brought the real deal to this woman. Hallelujah. Therefore, this woman said, no more counterfeit. No more. I'm not going to try and find my joy from other things no more. I know where my source is. Hallelujah. Do you know who your source is this morning? Do you know who your source is? When God is your source, you will let go of yesterday. You will let go of the pleasures of this world and say, God, you are my true source. If I want to have joy, if I want to have peace, you have the peace that surpasses understanding. I get that only from you. Hey, the peace of God. Don't give the devil any claim over your life. Because as long as you have something of his, he will still keep coming. And he has legal, the legal right to do that. Legally, he has the right. Yeah, he said, but there is something of mine that's there. There is something of mine that you are still holding on to. The word of God says, do not give the devil a foothold. Let go of yesterday. This woman, the moment she received the real deal, hallelujah, she let go of the counterfeit. She received it with joy. And it didn't end there. She went into the city and said, come and see a man that has told me all the things that I have ever done. The world is aching and waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. When the sons of God are made manifest, this world is looking for an answer. And you have the solution. You have the answer. You are the solution. Amen. Jesus, when he encountered this woman, her past did not matter. The only reason why he brought her past into place, into play was because you, without confronting your past, you cannot move into your future. Without confronting your past, you cannot move into your destiny. She had to confront who she was. One time, Jesus, the word of God says, an angel was fighting and wrestling with Jacob. They were fighting and fighting until daybreak. 
And the angel said to, uh, to, to, to Jacob, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Then the angel said, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. What does that mean? It meant a trickster. Jacob was saying, I am a deceiver. All my life, the things that I've gained, I've gained them by deceit. He had to confess his yesterday for God to trust him, to thrust him into his future. My name is Jacob, he confessed. And then the Lord said, now we are where we want to be. From today onwards, you are no longer going to be called Jacob, but you are going to be called Israel. Yeah, when you encounter God, he changes the, the trajectory of your life. The direction of your life changes. This woman like, like Rahab, who had been a prostitute in Jericho, her destiny was changed. And all of a sudden, she becomes an evangelist. Hallelujah. Mighty, mighty God. She becomes an evangelist. She goes and says, come and see the man that has told me all the things that I have ever done. God is looking for people that will be evangelists to this world. That will say, come and see. Come and test. Come and behold. Come and see the goodness of the Lord. Come and test for yourself. The God that I serve, he is able to do far above exceedingly and beyond that which I can ever think or imagine. God is looking for a people that will get an experience. People want the experience. They want a testimony of an experience. They are tired of words that are empty. They want a, a testimony of the power of God. They want the testimony of the glory of God. They want the God you serve. They want the God in your heart. They want the God you serve. They want the God that you love. The God that you love. The God that loves you first. Before you knew him, he loved you. He ordained you. He set you apart. The world needs this Jesus. The world needs the life giver. The one that gives water. That will satisfy eternally. The one that gives life. Life that will not run out. The one that saves to the uttermost. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. They want the Jesus you have. You have the gift of God in you. Yeah. Ah, don't look down upon the gift you have. Don't look down upon the power that you have. The word of God says you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses in all Judea and to the uttermost parts of the world. You shall receive power. The world needs the power of God. That's what distinguishes Christianity from other religions. It's not about food and drink, but it's about the demonstration of the spirit and power. It's not in words. Paul says, my message to you was not in plausible or exciting words of man's wisdom, but it was in the demonstration of the spirit and power. Hallelujah. As a child of God, that has to be your prayer. Say, God, I want to see miracles. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm going out to look for those that are sick out there so that I can lay hands on them and they can receive healing. Then they can know that you are the living God. You will not see miracles whilst you remain in your comfort zone. You will not see wonders until you step out of the comfort zone. Until you trust Jesus. 
until you have caught the tent of what you have. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what we have. That's why we second guess ourselves. Ah, they are going to be, they are going to laugh at me if I share in Jesus with them. Ah, they are going to think I'm backward if I share Jesus with them. But you don't know what you have because they are putting on a, a facade like all things are well. But they are in their hearts, they are crying out. They are saying, God, I wish I had a way out of this. I wish somebody would show me the way. That's why Jesus put on the measure of the seed of man. And he became evangelistic. And says, Father, I'm going to win them back to the kingdom. I'm going to bring them into the kingdom. I'm going to bring them so that they can eat where I am, they can live. That, Lord, they might dwell where I dwell. This woman shall left her water pot. And she went into the city. Her testimony was powerful when she went there. She didn't go to, uh, to a Bible school to learn to be an evangelist. Immediately, your experiences are sufficient to change someone's life. Yeah. Your experiences are adequate to transform somebody's life. Tell them what God has done for you. Tell them who God is to you. Tell them what love he has shown you. Tell them where he has brought you from. Hallelujah. He has brought you from a mighty long way. Hallelujah. And the reason, don't, don't rob somebody of the, of, of the testimony of your life. Yeah. Don't rob somebody of the testimony of your life. If the devil took you through hard times, if the devil trampled you underfoot, the word of God says, when your obedience fully comes, be ready to revenge the days of ignorance. Amen. What it means is that you say to the devil, now you thought this testimony, what you made me to go through, you made it for bad, but may, let me show you what it's going to do. Everyone that's been a drug addict, they are going to know God through me. Everyone that's been a drug addict, they are going to be set free through my life. Because I'm refusing for you to drag my life. Hallelujah. He takes your ashes and makes them into beauty. That's what it means. Yeah. When you begin to tell somebody, God, where he took me from. Hallelujah. Don't let the negative experiences that you have gone through to be hidden. Let them show some. They knew this woman. She was the talk of the town. They knew her activities. They had seen her. Jesus, where he went to the place of the well, they knew if you send your husband to that well, you are in trouble. But this woman, this day, hallelujah, my God. Her testimony. When she went into the city and she said, come and see a man. <laughs> I probably think when she said a man, before she explained what it was all about, they were about to say, she's about to start again. But something was different this time. Something can be different about your testimony. Something can be different about your future. Something can be different about your story. Ah, they knew you yesterday as that person that was useless. Then bring your uselessness and say, I was useless yesterday. But God, look at me. But look where God has taken me from. Did Daddy say, oh, 
There's a song that we sing, we used to sing in Shona. Meaning to see me like this, it is the blood. It is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Celebrate your year yesterday. And say, God, the enemy meant to kill me. Hallelujah. But I thank you for the well. The well that now flows in me. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. If he can use anybody, he can use you. If he can use me, he can surely use you. He can surely use you. It doesn't matter where you come from. The history of this woman didn't matter. Hallelujah. She was coming from a, a, a nation of people that were regarded by Jews as rigid. They were not true Jews. They were Samaritans. The Samaritans and the Jews, they don't fellowship together. But this day, she becomes an ambassador of the gospel. She runs with the gospel. Come and see a man that has told me all the things that I've ever done. Come and meet Jesus. Come and meet the Savior. Come and meet the Savior of the world. That's your message to the world. Let your testimony be power to change someone's life. Hallelujah. Let's stand up to our feet. As a church, our core values, we are an evangelistic church. We are not saying you have to become here and be perfect to go out there and be an effective witness of the gospel. This woman did not go to Bible school. The second that she received Christ, she went as a witness. She went with what she had. What do you have in your hands? The word of God says to Moses, what are you holding, Moses? Moses says, I have a rod in my hand. Then the Lord says, throw it to the ground and see it work wonders. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Watch your life work wonders. Watch your, your life turn many to Christ. Watch your life change people's lives. Ah, yes. People's lives will be changed by your life. Watch your life do exploits. Watch your life become powerful. Yes, your testimony, your witness of your life. Your testimony. God is not looking for the superficial. He wants the real deal. Amen. You, your story. Ain't it powerful when you hear, we, we heard uh, our pastor there on Wednesday talking about how they came to know the Lord. Now it's his is now a powerful witness to say if God can do it for him, if he can do it for them, they were not born pastors. I was not born a pastor. If he can do it for them, he can do it for you too. You become an ambassador of the kingdom of God and the world that God is calling you to. It might probably not just be in church like I said. The, the house of the Lord is a place where you come and he inspire you to go out there. That's where your well is out there. That's where you meet people out there. That's where you interact with people out there. That's where you have conversations with people out there. That's where you share the goodness of the Lord with people out in the world. The world is looking for answers. They are looking for answers. They are searching for answers. Hallelujah. On, on uh, this past week, we were watching the Olympics. There was uh, uh, this American team that were uh, 
computing in, I think it's called synchronization. Yeah, synchronized driving. After they won, they, they won the silver medal. They came and they began to say, our identity is not in what we have won, but our identity is in Christ. They are recognizing their wealth, their place of influence. Everybody was talking about how they are shining that light. They are a beacon to the world. Your story, your story, where you are planted, that's where God wants you to be effective. That's where God wants you to be influential. Hallelujah. Make it a challenge this month. God, this month I'm going to find my Samaritan woman that I'm going to introduce to the grace of God. That I will bring to the house of the Lord. I'm going to share my story with somebody. Hallelujah. Which means you have got to have true conversion in your life too. If she had gone carrying her yesterday, the well that, that the, the, the pot that she had, it would have defeated the whole purpose. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't rob God of witnesses because you don't want to let go of certain things in the world. <coughs> we want to pray as a church. Hallelujah. We want to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for your life. And say, God, I thank you for my life. Hallelujah. I said the only time God brings your past is when he's turning it into what? To where it's a blessing to somebody. Don't let the devil use your past against you, but use your past against the devil. That witness of the goodness of God. I want you to pray for your life. Say, God, may I be a vessel that you will use. Lord, use me. If you can use anything, you can use me. If you can use anything, you can use me. One time God used a donkey to speak. If he, could, if he could use a donkey to speak, surely he can use you, a human being, a person that he died for, for his glory, for his kingdom. That's the greatest calling we have. As a church, our greatest calling is to reach out to the world. That's our greatest calling. That's the reason for our existence. Hallelujah. I want you where you are. Let's begin to pray. Pray for your life.